All right, Jerry. So they're they're What's up, Tom? They're trying to figure out this ancient one conundrum. It seems like they want not an Asian person, mm-hmm. but a woman. Okay. But not a young woman. Uh-huh. So who do we who do we get? Who do you think who would be have? a good ancient one? We're looking for the ancient one, not Asian, yeah. a woman, yeah. older. Older. I'm thinking, could we get Scarlett Johansson? She's always available. Yeah. If she's not doing a Marvel movie, she's available. Oh, wait. Is this? This oh. is a Marvel movie. Oh, oh, oh. damn. Okay. Damn. Okay. Ah. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Here's here's my database. Let me see who, who we got. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, fresh off of Aloha, we got Emma Stone here. Emma Stone, Emma Stone, yeah, she, I know she's she great. could definitely pull it off. She could, she, does she know Kung Fu? Uh, I mean, you know, we got CGI, I think we could, we could, we could figure yeah. that out. That's true, that's true. Well, let's, let's keep looking just in case we need, we need another backup. Oh, man, this is, this is rough. I, I don't, I don't see a way out of this. Who could, who could play the Chosen one? Well, you know, it's a long shot. But what if we got Mickey Rooney? Uh, Mickey Rooney's still around, right? Wait, wait, wait. Let me let me put him in on Google. Oh, he's dead. Well, I mean... He's dead. Does he need to be alive to be in the movie, though? You know, we've got all this technology. Maybe we could just put his face, you know, how, on another person's how, body. Yeah, yeah. How much, how much money do you think Marvel's going to spend on a Mickey Rooney deep fake over top of an Asian man's face? We could, we could only find out. Uh, but I guess, yeah, well, maybe we should keep going. Let's keep looking. Well, what do we have here? Oh, oh, this is, this guy's great. Apu from The Simpsons. Yeah. I love him. I love him. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a way, you know, we own The Simpsons now, so we could definitely yeah. put him in the movie. If we, we don't even have to pay him. No. Uh, but you know, another great South Asian actor. What about Fisher Stevens? Fisher Stevens? Oh, yeah. let me look him up right here. Oh, he is, um... I know what you're talking about. Short circuit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it looks it looks like here uh, he is a white man. Damn, he is a white man. All right, okay. Well, all right. This is this is getting this tough. Is, this is tough. Oh, so Asian, right? Wait, wait. Not Asian. Not Asian. Woman. Woman. Older. Older. What about, mm. do you think we could get Tilda Swinton and just throw in a line of dialogue about her being Celtic? Can we put a bald cap on her? Yeah. I think we can. I think we've chosen our chosen one. Whew, well, that's enough work for today. Uh, I'm going to take lunch. How about you? I am lunch. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is the podcast where we deconstruct these white savior films and we recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I am your host, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. 
And we've got we've got a first. We haven't done any superhero movies, and specifically None no at all. no Marvel movies. And this is one that people have requested. We're, uh, we're coming for times. your face. <laughs> so we're 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 getting into it. But we, I'm excited to talk about this movie, and I'm excited for our guest who is doing a lot of really interesting things. You might know them if you know the uh, Love It or Leave It podcast on crooked media they're right for that um they're also the producer for facial recognition comedy and funnelingus as well as doing a lot of really interesting um uh work work in the community which i think is really important which I, i'd like to talk to them about a little bit uh but our guest this week is uh palavi ganalan hi thanks for having me palavi how are you doing yeah, i'm good how are you <laughs> good good yeah, this is a <laughs> this is going to be an interesting movie. Before we get into that, I do want to talk to you about two things uh, that I found interesting. Just kind of doing doing a little bit of my own research. But uh, one of the things that I know that you do is you're doing some free tutoring for Black students, uh, which I think is is super great and super important. Awesome. Um. Yeah. I uh, in 2020, everybody was trying to do something to help. Uh, I did not post a black square. You're welcome. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. But like, it was just like a time. I was. I, I had a respiratory condition. I like went to like a protest, but I like didn't really feel like I could actively help outside of the home. Um. Mm-hmm. And so I started sending out like a newsletter, and I started a book and movie club to like uh, look at black creators and artists and stuff and a a newsletter to like keep people up to date on like the protests and all of the terrible news coming in um and then I'm a tutor I tutor children so I tweeted about offering hours and then a lot of people tweeted saying back at me saying that they wanted to offer hours as well like free tutoring for black students so then I started tutoring initiative um we're up to like we've definitely had like 100 tutors over 100 tutors and students on each like 100 tutors 100 students uh, contact me and I think like right now there's like 80 or 90 um, that that are working through it or have uh, been a part of the program um, and basically I vet the tutors by running background checks on them and then I match them with students and then they just like take it from there and try to like it, it's it's very like mutual aid uh, very um, whatever the student the family needs which I feel like isn't really offered um, you know like in, in a lot of programs or throughout some some schools it's all it kind of like forces students to be to be given the same um, uh, resources despite different needs. Um, so that's mm-hmm. why it's just like one-on-one tutoring or sometimes if there's two kids in a family, they sometimes want to combine it. Um, so yeah, so I do that and it's all through like social media and like word of mouth. So that's more of like a yeah. mutual aid thing. Yeah, that's awesome. No, that's definitely, that's awesome. And specifically now, I mean, like, I teach preschool, so you know, I've got some kids who are. Uh, it was it was real interesting trying to teach preschool kids over Zoom, you know, for a <laughs> <Yeah>. while. <laughs> uh, but some aunties would say you're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah, well, until they, until they learned how to turn the Zoom off, and sometimes they would just leave, and I was like, respect, you know. I feel <laughs> yeah. you made a choice, and I, you know, I, I'm not going to argue with you, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, specifically now when, you know, things have been pretty, you know, up and down in terms of kids needing those resources and, and maybe not being able to have access to them just because of pandemic stuff. I think that's that's really awesome and commendable that you've been able to kind of set that up. So uh, we just we want to say thank you for that because yeah. that's really uh, great. Um, it's, it's like I feel like it's like 
I don't like it's I get weird out when people say that because it's just like I've been an idiot for most of my life so at <laughs> some time I like start doing something <laughs> you know well I also I also listened to an episode of the the Bechdel podcast that you were on when you were talking about the Dark Knight and you oh, yeah. brought up that you were a big uh Batman the animated series fan uh, which I I also am as am I nice. um but the the new Batman movie came out I haven't seen it yet. I haven't had a okay. chance to see it. I'm probably going to see it next week. Okay. Well, just in your in your Batman rankings, like what oh, what is your number one like Batman media right now? Batman the animated series will always be my number one. I don't know if it will always like, but it's it's up there. And then I feel like the Dark Knight series was like kind of like from when I was like old enough to like get into it but like young mm-hmm. enough that i was like like just like right at that right age you know where i was like yeah, really excited yeah. about it mm-hmm. and like heath ledger's like legacy and everything like that so i would say that that's like the live action that i like felt closest to but i was re-watching some of like the older batmans like danny devito's mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff and yeah. like all and i was watching some of those and i was like these are like epic and <laughs> i don't know like do you know what i mean like they were yeah. like productions those sets were so fun you they know went, they went <laughs> yeah. hard they went hard they on went vision hard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun but, well yeah. I, well I, yeah, I asked that to lead into uh, you. You picked a superhero movie. Well, I I helped pick a movie. Yeah, for you. <laughs> you did. I was like, I'm busy. I don't know. And you were like, Doctor yeah. I was like, that's easy. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> let's do that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're we're gonna talk about Doctor Strange today, which is again part of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Marvel pantheon, and. We always ask our guests, like, is this a movie that you saw in theaters? And what was kind of your your initial reaction to it, if so? I don't remember if I saw this one in theaters. I don't think I, I don't think I saw this one in theaters. I can't Mm. remember. Um, But also, like, Doctor Strange was never, like, one of my mains. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, he's not... I was never like, oh, like I have to see Doctor Strange just because I like a white dude in a cape is like, I'm, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to be that excited about uh, like, like a magician, basically. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but the reason because the reason I like Batman is because he like I like people who like invent shit. You know what I mean? Mm, right. I respect mm-hmm. that yeah. as a scientist and an engineer. I'm like, OK, like Batman, Spider-Man. Iron Man's coming up with elements in his lab. I'm like, that's crazy. You know what I mean? That's like, that intrigues me. The indu- yeah. <laughs> but like in t- with more like magic stuff, it's like more suspension of disbelief. So Dr. Strange wasn't one that I like had followed along. Cause it was like more right. like mystic powers sort of a thing. Um, and it was just, and so I, I don't, I don't remember. It didn't like make a big impact um, I did have some, I remember having some weird feelings at the time about what we were going to discuss about it. Um, but it was kind of like, it wasn't one of my, the, the people that I followed most closely. For sure. Cam, did you see this in theaters? I did actually. Um, it was mainly on the visuals alone. I mean, it was the first Marvel movie that was kind of just going balls to the wall with like all the CG being... So yeah. extra, I mean, basically looking like a giant magic eye puzzle. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Bring back my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, this movie was very much so like, did you like Inception? Well, like, oh, we're yeah. gonna do that, <laughs> that's 100%. Like... I was watching it again and I was like, 
I was like, this is just Inception with some glitter. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it was. (laughs) If you tell me any of the writers didn't say the word Inception once during the production of this movie, Mm -hmm. you gotta be lying Mm -hmm. to me. (laughs) At the end, they had the extra scene as like a spinning top. You're like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, Doctor Strange comes out in 2016 and in the throes of the Marvel, like, Marvel's still on top, but I mean, this is like Marvel's like just running roughshod at the box office and everything. After they did Guardians of the Galaxy, they're just like, "Fuck it, what? What are you gonna say to us? You know, like, we're, we're gonna do whatever." Talking Raccoon, you love it? Let's go. Real drug so energy. They- <laughs> that also like made me wonder like where in Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, career was it? Because he had done like Sherlock was like the main way yep, he was introduced was, to like yeah. American audiences, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then I think like I feel like it couldn't have been that much after that he did this movie right like what did he do yeah. well because he he's been going back and forth between obviously like tv but then you know like he's uh, like a like an actor you know in that sense yeah. uh, so he's been doing like a lot of different stuff like i think i'm trying to remember when like okay tinker taylor soldier spy that was 2011 mm-hmm. um it's a really good and then, movie yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to look up when yeah Star Trek in the Darkness that was 2013. Oh, so that's that was right. His first big like like um, oh my god Sherlock was 2010 to 2017. Okay, I know yeah. Okay, so Imitation Sh- Game was 2014. So I feel like this was this was pretty much yeah on the heels of of Imitation Game was like okay. his last yeah, like okay. big okay movie. And I think then he was moving into this. I think I also like I like benedict uh cumberbatch's like like the view of him the perception of him by audiences was like i feel like he was considered hot because of sherlock and he was like Mm -hmm. i don't know why this is happening and then when when like and i was like oh i like him in sherlock a lot but then once everybody was like i'm thirsting after him this like hottie (laughs) like blah 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 and i was like i can't and so i think during dr strange i was like pulling away i was like this is (laughs) everybody's being too thirsty for this man no offense to him but like come on like (laughs) Well, it's interesting, too. Average white guy syndrome, I think, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And it's interesting, too, because, like, of all the the various Chris's and others who, like, signed up to be in these movies, like, he's the one that was like, I'm not working out. This is what you get. This is what you get. (laughs) Fucking brilliant. First draft. I love it. To be that, that is the hottest. Like, to be that baller of, like, you're going to get acting. Like, that's what I'm going to give you. I mean, he gives out on stages i'm good <laughs> it gives yeah. me hope you know i see him and i'm like oh he could be a magician i don't have to work out he just like no you know does the circle thing with his hand and you know makes things happen yeah but also yeah. he's like an incredible <laughs> like <laughs> incredibly decorated <laughs> actor which i am not yet so i'm that's, like that's very true i have some hope but i'm also being realistic for myself. <laughs> yeah. when you look at you look at what happened to uh camille nanjiani where it's like man he got jacked for that movie and then that was well, for really no purpose. He didn't really take a shirt off. Are you off kidding me? Everybody's, no. everybody's giving him shit for that. If I had Marvel movie money and like access to trainers, you think yep. I wouldn't oh, do that yeah. immediately? Yeah. Like, no, I don't sure. give a fuck if I'm do- if I'm like Andy Circus playing an ape. Like, I will work out <laughs> if I have the if I have access to a chef, <laughs> like a Marvel chef and and trainer. Done. Oh I'm yeah, he's li- he's living the life. I mean, if you look at him now, like he's never going. back. Oh, he's not he's going definitely... back. No, there's no like yeah, no. we did that. We're done. No, it's like this was <laughs> no, all no for, cheat our days for Camille. <laughs> he's, he's on it. 
I remember seeing him in Silicon Valley and being like, he looks really skinny. And then like, then he revealed his body and I was like, oh, he's just like ripped. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why does he look so tiny in that sweatshirt? Just secret, secret abs the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> I need those. I need the secret abs. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cam, let's let's get into these five minutes. Let's do um, it. This is was this movie too? I watched this movie in two parts, so it's it is it's it is, long, it is but it actually doesn't feel long. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't feel that long. It's a solid two hours, though. It's it's a little yeah. under two hours. Well, I will I will give you the five minutes here. Um, so whenever you're ready. All right, I wrote this a while ago. Here we go. All right, let's see if it holds up. Three, two, one, go. All right, boom. We're in uh, Kathmandu, Nepal. And in the sacred temple at Kamartaj, we have Caecilius, the sorcerer, and his some of his followers. They have stolen the pages to the ancient text belonging to the ancient one, okay? But the ancient one, boom, she's there. I saw you. And Caecilius morphs the world around him, you know, trying to disarm the ancient one. Long enough for them to escape. They escape through, you know, some kind of Inception type fake London situation. And uh, then we cut to New York City where Dr. Stephen Strange is a wealthy, entitled dickhead of an acclaimed neurosurgeon. Uh, He's mid-operation, we find him, and he's using those gifted hands to freestyle pull some shrapnel from a patient's brain. So we see that he's completely, he's very skilled at his job. All right. They said it couldn't be done, but he did it. So that you can already night, tell this is going to take longer than five minutes. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to do it. I think I can do it. I think I can do it. Maybe. I don't know. All right. I believe. So that night, he's careening down the Hudson Valley in a Lambo. And during the moment, he's texting in the moment. He's texting and driving. Boom, he clips the car. He goes flying off the guardrail and crashes, it, crashes the car. Uh, and he crushes those gifted hands. He wakes up in the ER. His hands are basically unable to operate ever again. His little surgeon crush, Christine Palmer, walks in. She tries to help him out. He's like, no, fuck that. I don't like people playing with my hands. And he, so he seeks out help. His one black friend <laughs> tells him about a guy who shattered his spine once and now is able to walk. And Strange is like, oh, what? And Black Dude's like, yeah. And he's like, go find Jonathan Pangborn, the man with the weirdest name on the planet Earth. He goes and finds him during a pickup game. And Pangborn is like, yo, go to the Temple of Comertage, fam. All right. Dr. Strange is like, I heard you, buddy. Say less. He's on the plane to Kamertage, Kathmandu, and he meets the Ancient One and her disciple, Mordo. Uh, he's also black. <laughs> uh, the Ancient One uh, opens Strange's third eye in maybe one of the MCU's best visual effects sequences, honestly. Wild. I, still stands, I think. Um, Wild. And he's left needing to know the secrets of the universe. He's like, I gotta know. So Strange heads for the library where he encounters Wong, the Sanctum's librarian, and he learns that the three Sanctums are in New York City, London, and Hong Kong, and they protect the world from interdimensional BS and can be accessed through Comertage. all right? So boom, Cassilius shows up. He's right there. He's like, I heard about you learning. I don't like that shit. So they fight and they still and find the stolen pages uh, to contact Dormammu of the Dark Dimension, all right? They kill the guardian of the NYC Sanctum and completely destroy the one in London. So he's injured during the battle and he teleports back to the city to have Christine save him. So he manages to get saved and he returns to the Sanctum and tells Mordo that the Ancient One has been using the Dark Dimension's energy to keep herself alive for thousands and thousands of years. And Mordo feels betrayed by that. 
So Kaecilius Gen, boom, he's there. He heard that. And he showed up again. And he transports them all to the mirror dimension where he can, like, mortally wound the Ancient One outside of the realm of reality. And he escapes to Hong Kong. In an act of magic, the Ancient One stretches the moment right before her death to tell Doctor Strange that he must also use and bend this energy from all the dimensions, even the dark dimension, to defeat Kaecilius, which he then goes to Hong Kong to do. In China, we find he finds Wong dead and the Sanctum destroyed. He's like, oh God, what happened? Strange uses the dark dimension to create a time loop that annoy, apparently just annoys Dormammu into... <laughs> he really just annoyed him into submission and he leaves Earth forever takes Kaecilius and his friends with him. The Eye of Agamotto uh, reverses the Sanctum's destruction and Wong's death. Then disillusion, Mordo is like, I renounced the Ancient One. I'm out. I'm l- later. I'm gone. Doctor Strange and Wong then uh, take up rooms at the New York Sanctum and continue to study the Mystic Arts. Boom. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I think I did that. Talk- did I do it? You got 38 oh, seconds to yo, spare, baby. and I interrupted you? That's great. Twice, I think. <laughs> and I managed to get in most of the details. That's great. I, I think we're, Wow. We're getting better at this. We are getting better Go at us. this. Go uh, us. <laughs> Normally, that would have been like five minutes and some change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially um, as many twists as are in this movie. I know, yeah. Well, that's Doctor Strange. That's Doctor Strange. Uh, <laughs> and let's just, let's just run down a few things before we get into it. So, again, it comes out in 2016. Mm-hmm. Directed by Scott Derrickson. Um, Scott Derrickson, who people may know from you know, Exorcism of Everly Rose and Deliverance from Evil and Sinister. So, you know, really like mostly into to horror. Written by John Spathis, Scott Derrickson, C. Robert Cargill. And it's starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Two Intelligent Four, Rachel McAdams, Benedict Wan, um, my man Mads Mikkelsen, and hey. most. <laughs> Famously and controversially, Tilda Swinton, yes. which we will talk about, <laughs> we'll talk about at the length. Tilda of it all. <laughs> um, Yo, this Scott movie... Derrickson looks like every Silicon Valley entrepreneur. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he looks like uh, venture like capital. Him. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, this movie, boy, these budgets are are wild for these movies. Usually, when we talk about a budget for a movie, we're like, yeah, it costs like you know maybe ninety five million or something. This movie cost, and this is. This is one of those things. between 165 million or I don't know 236.6 million dollars. What? That's like the what is this? A, what small is, nation. is this celebritynetworth.com? Why don't they have an <laughs> yeah. accurate number? I don't, sometimes Wikipedia gives this to you where you're just like, why don't you know how much <laughs> this movie costs? But the box office is is definitive and it's 677.7 million dollars. So obviously made bank. Um but yeah, I mean, we don't even have to to wait that long. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie because yes. there's this is this is interesting in so much as I saw this movie in 2016 when it came out, mm. and I think it wasn't that I was blind or ignorant in so much as to like some of the things that. I, I now def- definitely see watching it, uh, you know, just yesterday. But I, I think it's a movie that if you're, if you're sucked up into the Marvel of it all, you know, like you're watching this in, in succession with all these other different films. Like for me, you have your, you know, your Captain Americas and your, uh, you know, first Avengers and the, the last two Avengers movies that are like 
whoa, boom, like top Marvel, right? And then there's some other movies that are kind of beneath that, like first Iron Man and, um, you know, some of the others like, oh, that's that's a good movie. Like, I enjoy that. Mm. And then there's like the mid tier where it's like Doctor Strange, like some of the Ant-Man movies where it's like, that was fine. You know, <laughs> like that wasn't that wasn't great. It wasn't awful. Like, it's not Thor Dark World or something like that where you're just like, or oh, Captain God. Marvel. <laughs> but it is like it is like yeah this is i might i'd watch it you know but yeah. not like i wouldn't choose it you know uh i've seen this movie three times oh boy i've i saw it the one time and then i haven't seen it since oh wow <laughs> i saw it that yeah i saw it that time and then i saw it again last night for this <laughs> yeah well because dr strange is now a ubiquitous part of the universe right like oh, yeah. he shows up in some end credits he was you know a vital part of the avengers movies he was co-star of the last spider-man movie yeah like, he's literally you know, about he's, to get the sequel right now his, his, his yeah his next movie's coming out and so like looking back at this first movie you kind of forget a lot of the things <laughs> that they were they were trying to do here and i think a lot of it stems from them trying to be very comics accurate and then at times trying to not be very comics accurate and I, I, they kind of messed up both ways but Pallavi, i'd love to hear <laughs> i'd love to hear just your impressions on, on the second viewing like if anything changed or specifically jumped out at you watching I I it again probably understood it better just in terms of like the context of the movies because i'd seen all the other movies you know mm -hmm. and uh see, and but i it also like the arc of his character was really interesting to me like who he was when he started versus like who he is to spider-man now you know yeah, 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 yeah. i thought that was like his his characters like really changed a lot um but and then also like how doctor uh or how wong uh has played um through from doctor strange and mm -hmm. his role in like all of the the more recent stuff like that's been really interesting to see as well i remember there was like some backlash or something about how he like started like as a librarian and now he's like in all these other like yeah, like yeah. scenes <laughs> um but i don't like it definitely in terms of like what we came here to discuss <laughs> i think the reason that we gave it a pass is because they always like use exotic locations in asia in africa in you know like and in, in like south asia too like to place uh these trials and tribulations and like these these challenges that these characters have to like rise out of like even with like batman um uh like having to like get like get out of a fucking like bane having yeah. to get out of what like yeah. it's yeah. always yeah. in like a place that's like inconvenient right <laughs> that somehow the top of the, a mountain <laughs> the people yeah. there just have to deal with it but not like why do we have to it's like a a challenge yeah. for them to rise to like normal like in doctor strange he was like eating shit while everybody was like using their rings correctly you know what i mean their sling <laughs> rings he was the only one who was fucking up and they were just yeah. like let's give this guy affirmative action like let's take mm -hmm. him <laughs> to the top of himalayas you know <laughs> like to, to mount everest because he needs an extra tutor you know what i mean yeah. so it's just like it, that happens a lot and i notice that more now because when we watch all these like Batman movies, these Marvel movies, like at the time, it's just like, oh yeah, this is the formula of the movie. They have mm -hmm. to like, they have a fall from grace. They have to like build back up and then they're taken yeah. somewhere else, like out of their nap, their like environment. Um, and it tends to be these like exotified places. Hero's journey. So, it's basic. It's basic like, yeah. storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. But the well, why does the hero's journey always have to <laughs> take place? In, in yeah. South, Asia. Fucking, <laughs> South Asia, South <laughs> Asia. 
You're not wrong. It's not. It's never Compton. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Why it's, can't well, you have a hero's <laughs> journey in Connecticut? You know what I mean. Like, pick some apples in an orchard. Uh, you know, as your part of your journey. It's cold in Alaska. <laughs> well, it's very interesting because now watching this movie again, like it, it really jumps out at you. Specifically watching it through the context that we're watching it, like one, this is a movie, right? exoticism right mysticism right like all of these things that you know we we kind of get into with films that any like you're saying Pilar, anytime we go anywhere to the east whether it's south asia whether it's you know any any other asian country there's a lot of just like americanized views and lenses of like yeah you know what it's like like there's a lot of people around there's a lot of noise people aren't speaking english like it's chaos it's crazy (laughs) yeah the sounds um, and the sights—it's beautiful. Like, we watched. I don't know if you've if you've had the uh, boy misfortune, I guess, of watching Basmati Blues, Ooh. but oh. <laughs> I don't know if that, I've seen that. I think I might have seen something like it. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, but <laughs> similar, like Brie Larson gets off the train and it's just like, what's happening? It's like <laughs> you're from New York. Like this is this is not like getting off the train in Brooklyn. Like it's it, yeah, that's. There's oh my chickens. god! This There's is 2017. Like... What the fuck? Mm, yeah. yeah, that's that's it's, another. They love, one. they love putting a white girl in a sari. They love sure, doing yeah. that. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to watch Doctor Strange because, like, again, this is a movie that, like, the the core of it. If we're taking the magic at its face value, right? Like, it is very much so built upon these traditions. It's not necessarily Taoism or Buddhism or anything specific like that, but it is very much so speaking to like there are there are other ways of seeing the world, right? It's it's not, you know, this kind of like binary math, you know, system like we are kind of at least till the Swint and the Ancient One is is kind of opening it up to like third eyes and chakras and He's you know sp- all these other he specifically said that he's given up on Western medicine. Yeah. And like my yeah. thing is all of the Western medicine doctors, you know, are Eastern Asian <laughs> or Asian, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, like, first of all, why do we call it Western medicine? That medicine is also in Asia. Yeah. And then second of all, it's, it always, it always like blows my mind how they pit like logic against and like science against like magic in this way and they're like you just have to succumb and surrender and and it's it like it doesn't all it's always like the egotistical he he basically played like house or like sherlock you (laughs) know what i mean like yeah he's playing that that know-it-all character that needs to have his ego like changed and and what but the, Mm -hmm. the, the but the way this movie did it wasn't it wasn't like a mr miyagi like an Asian person. It was Tilda Swinton yeah. Yeah. being like, your culture is all ego. And it's like, bitch, you're white. Like, I don't know. She's, Where did you who come are you from? Telling? You shaved your head for this? <laughs> Yo, fam, this, this movie is playing fast and loose with mysticism. It's just like, what if she's like Asian-esque? I, Asian-esque well, might work. It's also like the way they talk that really bothers mm. me. Ooh, like mm-hmm. the, their cadence is mm-hmm. like, I'm like, you're so close to an accent right now. <laughs> you're so close to I bet to there's it. somebody on the set who's like, try it again. Eh, they just uh, have yeah. a buzzer. They're like, beep. That has an Asian accent. Beep. Every time, yeah. Well, because this movie, 
is taking place in these locations, right? Like it's it's talking about all these different ideologies and philosophies. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch, a white person. It stars Rachel McAdams, a white person. It stars Tilda Swinton, a white person. It stars, uh, even though I love him, Mads Mikkelsen, a white person. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no Asian or East Asian people in predominant roles except for uh, Benedict Wong. Like he's the only one that that gets and, to. And even that, like Wong and Mordo, like they their decisions and their choices are overridden by the white characters, uh-huh. like mm-hmm. for the white actors. Like they don't have agency that like that impacts or even really teaches uh, ben, like the hero like how to like yeah. succumb or whatever. It's all played a, a par- played around with by Tilda teaching Benedict who and they're like set against Mickelson. You know what I mean? Like yeah. mm-hmm. there there's no there's not even like you know how they have the the magical black man in these movies. Like there's not yeah, even yeah. that impact of like I'll be your guide. That goes to Tilda again, well, yeah, you know? Well, the one magical black man dies uh, yeah. within like a few minutes of Damn. being on screen. <laughs> and also, <laughs> and also the fucking, um, the first black guy, the physical therapist that you joked about him being a friend, he was like so condescending to him. Yeah. 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 And that's the only, he was like, let me rise to the challenge of teaching this, this white dude that it can be done. <laughs> you don't have to be paralyzed. Yeah. Cause he spoke down to me. Like anyone would be like, you know what? I'm going to put in the extra work to talk to this asshole. <laughs> right. Yeah. You talk to me like that. And then I'm going to like, Oh, I'm going to help I'm out. you out. Fair. Yeah. I don't have to be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're probably paying him minimum wage. You know, he was getting paid minimum wage. He was wearing scrubs. You know, he's paying, getting paid minimum wage. <laughs> it was so rude. <laughs> well, cause that's, that's what's interesting about Dr. Strange, right? It's like, he is, in a way, another version of Tony Stark in that he's, you know, an entitled, arrogant asshole with maybe a heart of gold or at least a moral code who eventually comes around and does the right thing. And so that we can root for him and kind of love him, even though he's being a jerk to everybody in the movie for the most part. Well, it's only through um, near death that either of these people really feel like their ego needs to get checked, right? Because yeah. both of them are fine until, well, Tony, until he's exploded and has shrapnel yeah. all up in his body and right. uh strange even after he gets in the car wreck and even after he's like he's physical therapized almost to the point of like returning he still does he still doesn't he get, get, get checked he needs to get a good stabby stab but even then <laughs> even then they're still using like the dark dimensions power and he's like yeah we have to Right. And and yeah, like yeah. told like so I I I feel like this is like such a white thing is like and especially in a lot of these superhero movies like if you've seen Peacemaker they always like try to they try to take like a villain and make them less villainous by having somebody like more obviously villainous mm, but I'm yeah. like this is like the Iraq War like people <laughs> people think that like George, like somehow people think that like Trump is worse than than George W Bush even though right. Trump didn't like kill as many people because of the shit he says. So they create like a villain that like says insane shit, but doesn't necessarily like kill or harm as many people. And then mm-hmm. they also like allow you to compromise your morals and or like in order you're like, I can, yeah, I can use these dark dimensions because it's for good. You know, yeah, it's like, right. I it's can cool colonize. Do it. Yeah. I can colonize these people because they like don't know any better, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and I'm bringing them techno, I'm doing the right thing. So it's like, it's a very like, 
like thematic thing of a lot of superhero and i love superhero movies i just have to like turn my fucking yeah. brain off to watch them right. no 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 definitely and i mean that's honestly the larger theme within like that first section of the mcu right because you get yeah. iron mm-hmm. manager your main guy right and then yep. you have doctor strange but you also have like Captain America is sort of like an altruist. Like you're hoping that he he acts on behalf of like what is for the common good of America, but like he's right. really acting on the good of like what's good for him in the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because well, then you even have you know Thor is an asshole. Thor is a get, dick, straight uh, up. humbling of of some sort. Um, <laughs> you have Hulk isn't a dick, but he is like a destructive like. Hulk ends up being destructive as a a result of like his power, but I feel like he's the one. He's the one who he wants to be good. Yeah, he wants to be a good guy. But the rest of them is surrounded by jerks, so he can't. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) It's it's that (laughs) there's uh, he's trying to hold it back, but that's it. Still happens. Um, There's also something I wanted to point out. Like when we talked about the physical therapist, Mm. um, I just realized like even the doctor that he has a relationship with, Christine, and then the doctor that he's like arrogant about who made the mistake at the beginning mm, yeah. they're mm. both white and then he told the physical therapist he's like you just have a call it a bachelor's degree like right literally like even the doctors that he so the m- magical people that he's rivaled with and taught by are white and then the doctors that he's like who's trying to like deal with his ego christine and then who he's rivaled with are also yeah. white like all of the main <laughs> players in his life are white but yeah. the, and it is also another thing that the people who kind of reluctantly push him along the journey or like push him towards the next step, being it the physical therapist or being in Mordo, are black. Like the people yeah. who yep. are reluctantly like having to help them in the situation because of just literally their job. Like that yeah. physical therapist, he works at the hospital. Like he just yeah. happened to know <laughs> Pangborn yeah. got like magically bacchiotomied, you know, like he was like, yo, fam, I heard about this guy. You know, you don't have to. He didn't have to help him, especially after he talked to him. Like yeah. That. And no. Mordo, same situation. Like, it's his job. It's Mordo's job to go get tea and, like, mm. help you work. Right? Yeah. And, and it's Wong's and, job, sort of, to that degree, too. And Mordo, at the end, was like, no, like, I can't stand. I can't abide by this corruption of power. Mm. And he walks away. And he walks away. But well, now he's going to be set up to be the villain. But even movie. before that, though, yeah. if, you, if you remember when... Tilda Swinton and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch are kind of, she's about to die and they're floating outside the window. Mm-hmm. You know, they're talking about Mordor and basically she's like, well, he's kind of a bitch, you yeah. know, like he's gonna, <laughs> he's, he's, he's gonna. They view it as weakness. <laughs> they like, they view it as like being weak or ignorant, the inability to use powers that are b- beyond your scope or like that there is conflict with. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like, I think that's the staple of like a hero that like in this, in this type of universe that people want to see is like, someone who is like imperfect like like one of the greek gods or something you know like Mm -hmm. they have all this crazy power but they're flawed and they have like human characteristics like that but it's like but there are a lot of people who wouldn't do that shit because it's wrong (laughs) but nobody wants to see that they want to be called they want to be called pussies for not trying (laughs) well that's that's kind of her thing it's like you know he's not going to do that so like but we you know how we get down so you know we're 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 yeah we're good enough to break the rules so you know like like the the other world that they like when they're floating what it's not the mirror world but what is it called when they're floating that's like they're it's like the astral plane plane. that's what it is 
uh, they that feels like a country club. Like how many people? I've only seen white people in there. Nobody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mordo doesn't get to go. Get Not to invited. No. Nope. <laughs> well, and I mean, speaking of that too, I mean, this was like something that I I don't know if I clocked it the first time, but I definitely clocked it the second time when I was watching it yesterday. Mm. So after after everything happens in New York, right? Like Ancient One comes, and she's like, well, you know, nobody. Like the person who used to be in charge of the sanctum is dead. So like, you know, I haven't seen anybody wield, you know, the power like you have, Strange. So like, do you want to be in charge? And Mordo's just like He's literally right there. He's like, What the fuck? I've I've been here for how long? And like this dude just shows up and like now all of a sudden he gets to be in charge of one of the most important this motherfucker can't even use the ring yet. Like I mean How many times in movies do you see like this uh, chosen one white character, right? Who's just like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but like, yeah. I'm just naturally good at this. And then there's a black person who's literally like right over here, who's been doing it the whole time, and is like, well, what about me, dog? Literally, like, literally, Neo is <laughs> Morpheus has been Morpheus is so strong, and he's like, yo, I had to, I had to go get a dude. But the thing about it is, it's not even movies. This is real life. Yeah. How many times do people of color work at a place for five years and some white dude shows up for two minutes and because he's got and the, like, the connections? <laughs> they're like, you're a better fit in like tech terms. They're like, you're, you fit better. You're a better fit for our culture. <laughs> and, you, and you watch them. You literally watch them cross your path into the CEO's office and you're just like, how... I was, oh, but I was, I'm, <laughs> oh my God, I'm like, just, I got the portfolio right here. It's just, okay, all right. That's how Mordo looked, though. He was just like, they were, they were like, the cape chose you. And it's like, yeah, man, because that cape was clearly white. <laughs> that cape was also white. That okay? cape don't want to go back to Compton with me. That no, cape was but... fighting like, whoop, 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 whoop. Like, that cape was white. That dude. cape don't want to yeah. hang out in my closet in East New York. Yeah, Cape had real Three Stooges energy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) But it's also, like, interesting to see just how... And we're going to get into the Tilda Swinton of it all in just just a second. But it's interesting to see just... Yeah, like, this is a movie where he basically, like, one minute he he can't use the ring. He's kind of like, oh man, how do I? I'm never going to be able to do this. And then like two scenes later, it's just like he's the best. He's he's the, he's best. the best. He's That's the best the we've that, ever seen. That really bothers me about a lot of these superhero movies is that they always show the like the hero being able to control or handle their powers because they want it more. Mm. yeah that sheer will sheer will usually yeah Yeah. sheer will and that really bothers me the one movie that i saw that i really liked that didn't do that and that was more like leftist and like socialist was shazam because he was like Mm -hmm. i can't do this alone i have to redistribute my wealth aka my powers (laughs) in order to defeat the evil right and then you find out that the guy who stars in Shazam is actually a libertarian. And then you're like, fuck, mm. you know what I mean? <laughs> but the Shazam, the movie was like one of the best, it, it solved that problem because it was yeah. like, it's not sheer will. It's like, a, it's a true reduction of my ego because I'm, I'm 
I'm not being the special one, the chosen one anymore. I'm like enabling others to help me. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the only way I've seen it like successfully avoided, but all these other movies are like, you just got to want it. And it's like, oh, okay. So like babies with cancer don't want to live more than you do. You know what I mean? This is like veering into my argument against religion as well. (laughs) Well, it's also Well, yeah, yeah. but it's also interesting too, when you think about like the, the, the climax of this movie is predicated on strange didn't follow the rules that's the only reason that they win is because strange was reading books he shouldn't have read he shouldn't have touched the eye of agamotto but he did and Mm -hmm. he chose him and like all this stuff so like that one spell that they told him not to use where he was messing with time is the only reason that they're able to to defeat dormammu at the end because he's able to enact you know this this kind of forbidden spell and tap into this forbidden power Mm -hmm. but it's just like but if mordo did that you know what oh. I mean? Like they would. <laughs> you telling you me know? Christine wouldn't have called the cops immediately? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? I don't know him. I don't know him. Yeah, you know. So it's just it's it's interesting to even see that how like you know he is he is rewarded with not even like breaking the rules, but just like he clearly has no respect for carmitage and like the customs and the people there because he's like it's not even like yo okay i'm i'm a i'm a overachiever i'm gonna read all these books like wong keep giving me books yada yada it's just like oh you said i can't read that let me let me get that let me sneak that off while you're not paying attention because like i obviously this all of this is beneath me and i'm picking this up so easily that like this this forbidden text should be nothing and he like and he does figure it out like he's the one that's like there's a page missing and everybody's like what (laughs) and he also does it in a way that's considered like mischievous boys will be boys Hmm. like the part where he's like he's like stealing the books from the library there's like music playing like there's like part of the soundtrack is playing and it's like considered like really fun and whatever but there's like everybody else is the whole point of going there is to break down your ego by being disciplined and he finds a way around it and he's like nah Yeah. yeah Uh, Because I mean, really, the the thesis of this movie is like, and you don't even go here, (laughs) right? Like you don't belong here. You're not not part of this. And I think that's really what what I what I gravitated towards the most this time is like, clearly, throughout the whole movie, right? Like, Combertage, the magic, these abilities, are not something that he takes seriously, as in like. Oh yes, like I I have respect for this. I have respect for this culture. I have respect for these people. It's more like oh, this is a tool. Like literally, initially, it's a tool to get what he wants. It's right. a tool to fix his hands. Oh, hundred to get him back to, selfish, to where he wants selfish to. Selfish, damn near till the end. And yeah, I would I would go so far as to say he doesn't learn anything. <laughs> Not particularly, Not no. Because I mean, he's 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 kind of still. Even like because he, he's he's gaslighting Rachel McAdams the whole movie. The whole like, yo that, yo talking yeah. mad shifty to her the whole time. And then at the even the part where he's like, "I'm sorry, I was an asshole this whole time." Like you know, I really I'm going to be different now. Also, I have to leave. Yeah, I have to go. So now. And I'm also a, I'm a specter. <laughs> I'm not even really here. So I gotta be out. <laughs> Literally, that was insane. Where you like. <laughs> When the broom like fell and she like freaked out, I was like, I would, I would go home immediately. I'd be like, I can't practice medicine anymore. Imagine like, if yeah. your best friend just showed up as a specter in your room and was like, I need you right now. I need you to exact your skills right now. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> this helped me and maybe like five other people and I'm gone forever. I'll see you in like maybe yeah. a month. And then he comes back. He he comes back for himself and for Tilda. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. How come he 
didn't, how come he couldn't get a, a POC in there with in mm-hmm. the hospital mm-hmm. with all? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we had too all many with the physical physical therapists. We had too many, one too many. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, let's let's talk. We've we've talked around it, but now let's get to what people probably came here to hear. Let's talk about the Tilda Swinton of it all, mm-hmm. because this movie is very difficult to <laughs> to view without really picking up like just how jarring it is to see her character in that role mm-hmm. and then when you hear about the behind the scenes of it it's even wilder do you, i don't know how much you guys know about not even just like tilda swinton in the role but just like the conversation that people in it in, involved in the movie and then outside of the movie had to say about it okay, but well, I, um, I, I would love to be filled in on that yes, i know oh, i don't yeah. know everything okay. <laughs> well let's 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 talk a little bit about it. so again this movie comes out in 2016 and it 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 really starts with marvel trying to do a lot of fixing of things that you know are just kind of part of the comic book history and so when you think about dr strange's origin like like mostly what you see in the movie is you know from the comics like you know him traveling to carmitage all that stuff um all of that all of that fits with the ancient one the ancient one in the comics is like most (laughs) asian and south asian and black any anybody who wasn't white basically in the 60s and 70s were more or less a stereotype, a caricature. And so Agent One very much so a caricature, you know, Fu Manchu mustache, you know, like all that stuff, you know, not quite talking in dialect, but sometimes very much so talking in dialect. Um, <laughs> and so Marvel and Scott Derrickson, and I'll, I'll read you some quotes in, the, in just a second, but made a conscious decision. They said, this isn't going to work, right? Like we have to change this character we can't do the character as written so this is scott derrickson talking a little bit about that in an interview that he did more or less like a year after the movie came out so he says it was a challenge from the beginning that i knew i was facing with both wong and the ancient one i'm being pretty bad racial stereotypes 1960s versions of what western white people thought asians were like we weren't going to have the ancient one as Fu Manchu, magical Asian on the hill, being the mentor to the white hero. I knew that we had a long way to go to get away from that stereotype and cliche. And so the solution they had was, first, well, what if we make the ancient one a woman, right? And so Derrickson goes on to say, the first decision that I made was to make it a woman before we even went to draft, before we even had a script. I thought it was interesting to not only make it a woman, but let's find a woman with some maturity, not a 26-year-old leather-clad fanboy dream girl. Let's get a real female actor in here. Uh, This was a desire of diversity in making that decision. But... (laughs) Go on. Because I'm like, why did a 26-year-old enter your head? Okay, so, I'm listening. <laughs> There's no way they could do this wrong. Keep going. The original intention was to cast an Asian actress, but as we started to work on it, my assumption was that it would be an Asian character, says Derrickson, that it would be an Asian woman. We talked about Asian actors who could do it as we were working on the script, every iteration of it, including the one that Tilda played. They are not about but, to say there was not a good Asian. They are not about well, to fucking say that again. <laughs> But when I envisioned the character being played by an Asian actress, it was a straight-up dragon lady. I knew the history of cinema and the portrayal of the dragon lady in anime Wong films and the continued stereotype throughout film history, and even more in television. I just didn't feel like there was any way to get around that because the dragon lady, by definition, is a domineering, powerful, secretive, mysterious Asian woman of age with duplicitous motives. And I just described Tilda's character, and I really felt like I was going to be contributing to a bad stereotype. 
So <laughs> it just goes to show like how uneducated he is because like literally <laughs> the, you you have all kinds of learned older Asian women in Hollywood <laughs> that have done this before and have gone and have done this respectfully mm-hmm. and like with class. I mean our, our major example is about to hit theaters in like what a month hopefully. Uh, yeah, with Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Like, that's what she's playing in that movie, uh, if not, mm-hmm. like, multiple versions of that. She literally played that in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like, she's, yep. what she's did... a fucking legend. She's been she's right there, and you were like, nah, fam. What mm-hmm. does he think white women stereotypes are not duplicitous? <laughs> <laughs> is that, is he like, no, this doesn't affect my people? Well, I could never, I could uh... never portray a white woman as duplicitous, no. I mean, I've I've got some thoughts, but let's. I want to power through some of this some of this uh, research because it, it gets spicy and interesting. Because Marvel released a statement in 2016 saying that Marvel has a very strong record of diversity in its casting of films and regularly departs from stereotypes and source material to bring its MCU to life. The Ancient One is a title that has not exclusively been held by any one character, but rather a moniker passed down throughout time. And in this particular film, the embodiment is Celtic. We're very proud to have the enormously talented Tilda Swinton portray this unique and complex character alongside our richly diverse cast. And so they they quickly <laughs> jumped out on it uh, to try to I just, get I ahead just, of something. No, 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 no. I love that. Okay. I love that for two things. Because one, when you're accused of racism, always say, I have a record of not being racist. And then mm-hmm. two, <laughs> I have a record of like the times I wasn't racist. And then two, they threw the Celtic thing out. And it's so fun because the only reason I knew she was Celtic was because someone in the movie explicitly said it once and not yes. because of any of the cultural mm-hmm. references that she was surrounded by. <laughs> yes. You can Everything tell. Everything else was it. Asian. You can feel it in scripts when people say stuff like that, when people are like, oh, the ancient one comes from Celtic origins. Like, why would you say that? Why does it matter? Yeah. We, had to, we had to acknowledge it. Otherwise, you would have thought she was Asian. Otherwise, this would be an Emma Stone situation. <laughs> <laughs> or Scarlett Johansson situation. What's so wild is that magic is not an exclusively Eastern concept, right? Like, there's magic all over the world. And if you decided that you wanted to go into a Celtic direction, certainly could have done that. But oh, 100%. like you're saying, Pallavi. magic and plenty of legends of Celtic magic stories. But like you're saying, Palavi, it's a Celtic woman in, like, <laughs> Kathmandu? Like, it's just kind of like a weird, how did you get here? Like, why are you the one in charge of everything? And why, like you're saying, is there no really Celtic, like, anything? I you see know, one Celtic in this knot movie? in the whole fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they just, they just transplanted her into everything else without making the changes to make that make sense. So make that make sense is a good, a good title for Mm. this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So then this is the thing. So after this comes out, Scott Derrickson goes on to explain that at the time when casting was happening, there was a lot of anger circulating about female representation, but the term whitewashing wasn't even a term that I knew in the way that it is used now. I knew it was in the classical (laughs) sense of yellow face of white actors playing Asian characters. So that, I wasn't as sensitive to that issue, but I was aware that I was erasing a potential Asian role. Right. Wait, so he knew he was like, I knew bitches were getting angry yeah. <laughs> about there not being enough bitches in movies. 
I didn't know POC were getting angry because I never asked them. <laughs> I hate when people say that when, when they say like, I never knew this, this existed outside of myself or, and my bubble. It's like, how, how do you live day to day and not know that mm-hmm. like, black but he knew. Or people of color are angry in situations be- like that. He knew because he knew about the dragon lady. Right. He if knew. you would have yeah. had to get in front of it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have had to say anything if you didn't have to get in front of it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because, I mean, a lot of these conversations, right, where people talk about diversity, there's really also very little understanding of intersectionality and that you can be Asian and a woman or Asian. No, as an Asian woman, I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) You can't. (laughs) We have the expert So it's just like. So it's just like, okay, so These you understood that. These guys were so that. close to canceling me and bringing on Tilda Swinton. And I know that, <laughs> that was, the, was well, the only reason was she was like sick. And I know it. <laughs> we're going to get to Tilda in just a second because she's not uh, necessarily safe from all this as well. But <laughs> he, he finishes up saying that diversity is the responsibility of directors. And I took that as seriously as I could. Whitewashing, if you use the term the way that we use it now, is what I did with the role. But it also implies racial insensitivity and implies racist motives. I don't think I had either. I was really acting out of what I still feel is the best possible choice. But it's like I chose the lesser evil. And just because you choose the lesser evil doesn't mean you're not choosing an evil. So he's kind of trying to have it both ways. Choosing the lesser evil like Benedict and Tilda did by using the dark dimension powers. Is that what you were doing? (laughs) Is that why you included that? Because you were reflecting yourself in that plot line. (laughs) I was about to say, it sounds like Scott Derrickson has some real Doctor Strange ego energy. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Um, in, In terms of the vocal opponents upset over Swinton's casting, Derek says that I don't feel that they're wrong. Uh, I was very aware of the racial issues that I was dealing with, but I didn't really understand the level of pain that that was out there for people who grew up with movies like I did, but didn't see their own faces up there. The angry voices and the loud voices that are out there, I think, are necessary. And if it pushes up against this film, I can't say I don't support it, because how else is that going to change? This is just the way that we've got to go to progress, and whatever the price I have to pay for the decision that I made, I'm willing to pay. So I don't like that he keeps saying angry. I don't like that. He keeps saying that like he knew that the, like women were angry about not having representation and that there were angry and loud voices. And it's like, there could be quiet voices or no voices. It doesn't mean there's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's also interesting in that, like, this isn't the first time that Marvel has kind of had these issues. It also has the same issues with career representation where they kept promising that there was going to be queer characters. And then I think in, was it Endgame? Like there was a gay character in like a, um, kind of like a therapy circle for you know people who got oh, erased wow. after the blank oh my god yeah but and like that was it like that then, was the queer then, representation no, no, no. they were talking there about there was uh loki came out as bisexual which is like wow right. what a wonderful disney villain to <laughs> yet <Yeah>. again <laughs> to lump in there yeah i was about to say like he was, y'all been I doing mean, this but, for years yeah no but he he like he did come out and he like they had like a conversation about it him with his uh with his uh oh my god uh variant um he mm-hmm. i'm like why am i miss why am i forgetting the word that is dominating our pandemic um but like he, he was talking to his variant he came out as bisexual and like the i think the director or one of the writers i think it was the director was like talking about how important it was to her to have queer representation but again it's with a villain like mm. just like how disney has like queer coded all of their villains so like jafar, yeah, jafar and ursula, and ursula and like, boom like you know what I mean like it's it's again with a villain and it was like 
not i don't know it's just weird and it's also weird. it's after the yeah. fact also it's after the fact like it's not an intention yeah. it's not an intentional choice it's something to uh make you seem less uh, i don't know or more, I, I guess more woke more woke yeah mm. I, I guess yeah. that's the term but yeah more woke after the fact you know like it's a it's a correction it's a course correction yeah well, speaking of corrections let's let's get to uh maybe the spiciest part of this whole thing is that after the movie came out margaret tro was on uh bobby lee's podcast and they were talking just about you know this situation in general but asian representation you know as a whole and margaret tro mentioned that tilda swinton had actually reached out to her and emailed her about this particular situation um she was asking her why were people you know upset about this and um you know things that she could do to kind of work on it and cho said you know at the time that so swinton was saying that she didn't understand why people were so mad about dr strange and she wanted to get my take on it uh cho recalls that it was weird because they didn't know each other and had never spoken oh before. my god and by the end of it cho said that she kind of felt like a house asian like i'm her servant <gasps> right and so, in response to this, Tilda Swinton and her agent released the entire email conversation to Jezebel. And this is part of that conversation. So, this is the email that Tilda Swinton sent to Margaret Cho, just out of out of the blue. This Dear Margaret, we've, we've never met, but you've been in my head for years. I'm a fan. I want to ask a favor now, which has sprung out of a truly important social conversation, but may not be, may be heading for some crazy making shit. The diversity debate, all strength to it, has come knocking at the door of Marvel's new movie, Doctor Strange. I am told that you are aware of this, but since I am that extinct beast that does does no social media, I am unaware of what exactly anybody has to say about any of it. I believe there are some ironies about this particular film being a target, but I'm frankly much more interested in listening than saying anything much. I would really love to hear your thoughts and have a private conversation about it. Are you up for this? Can we email? No wrong answer here. Tell me to fuck off if you feel like it. In any case, much love to you, Tilda. Right? And so Margaret Cho responds and says, yeah, you know, like, I think really the debate is just about whitewashing of Asians and Asian Americans and our stories repeatedly being told by white actors over and over again. Uh, and it, it kind of feels like it's just a never ending cycle, but I'm happy to help and kind of give you my take on it if you want. Um, but yeah, she she was kind of just like, you know, the ancient one kind of racist, get why he changed it, but like, why couldn't it have been? an Asian person, <laughs> you know, uh, and then Tilda, you know, responds back that she's giving some of the same things that Derrickson was given. Right. So, um, goes on to say that with the ancient one, um, they wanted to switch up the gender, avoid the dragon lady trope, all that stuff. And they gave it a Celtic origin and, and offered me the role. So presumably on ancient grounds, I accepted happily and pressed that for one, they aim to disrupt the wisdom that must be male in that never ending story. And by the way, for once, wanted to feature a woman who's badass over 26 and simply not bursting out of a bikini. The biggest irony about this righteous protest targeting this particular film is in the pains that the, the makers went to avoid it. A personal irony to me being even remotely involved in this controversy is what I stand up for and always have. Whether it's challenging the idea of what women look like or how any of us live our lives or how we educate our children, diversity is pretty much my comfort zone. And that's, you know, basically the gist of what she's saying, right? Is that it's kind of like, well, you know, I, I guess I see why people are upset, but like, this is a different take and a different thing. Um, Let's talk about one thing that Hollywood does a lot, which is please. they love to claim diversity as 
the milestone they're hitting as regards to not doing something else. Yeah. In this conversation, apparently, it's like they didn't they didn't hire a for a character called the Ancient One. They didn't hire a twenty six <laughs> year old who wasn't bursting out it's of a so bikini. So like, weird. Why would you even? They were like, that, like, we had a different casting than Carl's Jr. commercials, and that should be applauded. <laughs> this is not the Axe cinematic universe, okay? And we stand by this. It's insane yeah, that exactly. they think those and, are the options. And they think that that's like the political choice. That's the woke choice. That's the smart choice that's going to evade all the problems. It's like, you didn't really do anything. You, we you're, you're, we weren't mm-hmm. even thinking that. Damn, like yeah. the ancient one. Oh man, I can't wait to see Jenna Jameson as the ancient one. Like, are you serious? <laughs> are you are you really thinking? Because well, like it's... again, like I said, you have Michelle Yeoh right there. You have what? Well, oh, there's who, tons of Asian who, actresses. Who, who was in um, Police Story along with Jackie Chan? Um, Maggie Chung. Yep. Who is a physical Asian actress who has been doing this since the 80s. Like, you have famous people that Americans know that you can pluck from. And you got your Marvel, so you have the money. Don't act like it's not there. Don't act like you don't have the resources. You shot this movie in Kathmandu? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Well. (laughs) (laughs) But they didn't cast Uh, it there, and that's the issue. (laughs) You're right. right. Years later... Uh, years later, meaning just last year in 2021, Tilda Swinton reflected upon that email exchange and just the role that she played. She says, I feel like we're at that point now where I can say it doesn't matter anymore. And if it was all worth it, I think that it was a hot spot. And I was aware at the time of being caught in something that was out of my actual control. And that felt fine because it was my voice that it wasn't my voice that anybody needed to hear. Mm. I made a questionable decision to reach out to somebody in a certain way, which was naive and clearly confusing because their misunderstanding came about because of it, said Swinton. I was embarrassed that I had maybe gone up a blind alley and started the correspondence in the first place. Maybe I had confused matters. But beyond that, I have zero regrets. You, She emailed Margaret Cho as if she was like the Asian ambassador to Hollywood. Also, like... such a throw Margaret Cho under the bus moment to like release <laughs> all of the emails. Do you know what I mean? Like, she didn't have a conversation with Margaret Cho. She didn't apologize. She just was like, here are the fucking emails. I didn't do anything (laughs) wrong. Do you know, like, when you're trying to talk to the Asian um, and Asian American community, like, that's not the way to approach it is to become antagonistic with someone who's giving you very honest feedback. And so often we have to, like, pull our punches with white people because of, like, the whole idea of white fragility and, like, not being able to be honest and have the conversations that we're having like right now in front of them mm-hmm. because they're so they get so fucking defensive and that's exactly what she did she like did the email yeah. thing and then like didn't make it right with margaret obviously and then spent no, a few years not reflecting and was like it was worth it like what the fuck <laughs> is that you're not ch- when white women are like i champion diversity it's like yeah you like have other white women over for brunch that's not fucking diversity yeah. <laughs> it, and why was it, there no asian person in your friend group to talk to about this why did you have to reach out to mm, margaret cho it's literally like it margaret cho of all people too like uh a comedian who was a staple of honestly the 90s so like you have this person whose uh real attachment to hollywood comes from a bygone era 
I mean, honestly, this whole situation is honestly like if a white guy got cast in a McDonald's commercial and then emailed Omar Epps to be like, I'm sorry I got the role. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Fuck? what? Where was your process of thinking on this? Like, Tilda Swinton, you have all the resources. You've literally been in movies from like goofy comedies to A-lister, high quality films uh, yeah. in, in, in America and abroad. And you thought, like, uh, I went down my Asian Rolodex and it was like, let me talk to Margaret Cho. Also, yeah. you're going to talk to a comedian and expect privacy. That shit's <laughs> gonna be, if you're Tilda, if that you're part. fucking Benedict Cumberbatch, like, talking to Pete Davidson, that shit's gonna be in a special. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. do you know what comedy is, Tilda? <laughs> Well, it's interesting, too, just because, like you're saying, she reached out apropos of nothing, doesn't know this person. um, And to have a really, like, frank and honest discussion, which this happens all the time, right? I mean, we're, as people of color, often asked to educate people, white people, about He's the physical therapist, the physical therapist in that scene. Yeah. And it's not even, I mean, it is, in a lot of ways, things that you should already know. But, like, it's, it's also just, like, the expectation is okay, yes, I asked one person, hey, what's wrong with this? Oh, you agree with me? Oh, you disagree with me? Well, like at the end of the day, she's like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I have zero regrets. So it's kind of like, why did you ask her in the first place? If if all these years later, it doesn't really matter. Right. That, that, you know, do like you feel you like see... that conversation absolves you of like something that actually, it, your, fault, your, your only fault in this is saying yes, right? Because if yeah. you say no, somebody else is going to get the job, right? As far as casting goes, as far as Scott right. Garrison goes, there, there, yeah. but there are people who have turned down, like white actors who have turned down roles and then made a statement about why they turned it down, and that put pressure on the the casting the to studio, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. to cast someone appropriate in that part. And that's actually doing the work. Yeah, that's actually doing yeah. the work, not emailing Margaret Show off vibes and then being like, yeah. "Hey, fam, am I wrong?" Like. I'm going to start sending Margaret Cho like text message exchanges and be like, am I the asshole? (laughs) I'm sure she'll love that. Yeah. She'll be like, open Um, for me. And I'll be like, oh my God, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just, just kind of wrapping this section up, uh, two more very interesting things here. One, Kevin Feige, architect of the master of the marvel universe in a 2021 men's magazine interview had to say about the casting we thought that we were being so smart and so cutting edge he said we were not going to do the cliche of the wise and old wise asian man but it was a wake-up call to say well wait a minute is there any way to figure this out is there any way to both not fall into the cliche and cast an asian actor and the answer to that of course is yes i guess that's a oops from Kevin Feige, uh, five years after the fact. I mean, he's a mega billionaire at this point. Like Kevin Feige is going to be it, all his answers to this is going to be oops. Like it, yeah, eternal bond. All oops. his answers to this mm-hmm. is going to be. Oops. We, we we beefed up Camille Nanjani and kind of had a gay couple in Eternals. Did it work? Did you like it? If not, oops. Mm-hmm. Like oops, oops. oops. Well, still got your money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go take like a bath in your money. Ebony, Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, that's what. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go dive into a, like, yeah. a pool of quarters like Scrooge McDuck. While quarters. I <laughs> oh boy. He's diving into the Bitcoin. Um, so, I mean, a, a, it, this is, has nothing to do with the movie, but it is a, just a very interesting, geeky bit of trivia is that people speculate 
that in the original Doctor Strange comics, meaning his introduction into comics, Doctor Strange may have been Asian. Uh, the way that mm. he was drawn by Steve Ditko was using just, again, in the 60s and 70s, very stereotypical Asian facial features mm-hmm. and like even the coloring was you know he was he wasn't pale he wasn't Wait, white play that biracial a... drop right now <laughs> oh, oh boy yeah uh he was he was maybe uh... <laughs> she's biracial she's a biracial Just, uh, biracial strange yeah it could have been, could have been biracial uh, i don't know yeah. so i could see it you know like <laughs> Over time, as the character became more and more popular, he became more and more white. Kind of how it looks when you look back at the uh, the original comics. Um, so a lot of people are just like, Benedict Cumberbatch also didn't have to be Doctor Strange, if you really think about it. Like, he could have cast, if not an Asian actor, at least, you know, somebody who has Asian, Asian background, uh, as well as white, yeah. or, you know, another ethnicity. Asian-friendly um, actors like Keanu yeah. Reeves. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Boom. Uh, and one last little bit here is that in in Jen Yamato's uh, article where she's talking to Scott Derrickson, she also mentions that this movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Which, looking back on it, I don't think it does. It also doesn't pass our Blackdale test, where two black people. Talk to each other. So, uh, I love that. <laughs> I fucking love that. Uh, <laughs> I love that. In fact, I'm really not sure. Do any people of color talk to each other no. in this movie? No. Uh, uh, as soon as they do, they get sprayed well, with water. I guess, I guess Wong, Wong and yeah, Mordo probably. Wong and Mordo talk. Yeah. But I think that's about as much conversation. But they're as talking about has. Strange. They're talking about Doctor Strange. <laughs> so it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's try to reimagine this movie. Um, and for me, I think I'm I'm a nerd, so I can reimagine a lot of different things. But I think if we're reimagining specifically the ancient one, I think the thing that stuck out to me, and this is like even when they cast Tilda Swinton, I was kind of like thinking about the Bob Dylan movie that Tilda Swinton was also in, where a bunch of different people played yeah. Bob Dylan. Yeah. And I was like, y'all could have done that where you kind of open it up. Because the ancient one, if we're to take the comics and to take, you know, this movie as as gospel, like, doesn't necessarily exist as one singular entity, right? Right. Like, she's existing on different planes at different periods of time. Like, they don't necessarily have to have a binary gender. They don't necessarily need to have, like, one, you know, just just identity. They could be multiple people. They could be... And be uh, Asian you know, icon Tilda Swinton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and Emma Stone. Emma Stone could have been in here. You could have just gone... Uh, whereas, um, well, I guess... Uh, Scarlet's I guess already, she's already Black Widow. Yeah, Black Widow, so she can't be in this too. Yeah. But yeah, but you could have opened it up so like the ancient one was played by a bunch of different actors, and it's kind of like makes them in a way almost more mysterious because they don't exist in the way that we think of existence. They're kind of living multiple lives, multiple people. Yeah. Um, you know, and every time they kind of pop up on screen, it's a surprise because you're not quite sure. That's who a dope idea. The ancient one is. That's a um, awesome idea. <laughs> And and as Marvel seems to want, absolves you of any of this conversation because you can just say the ancient one is all people. You want like, the ancient one was a dog. You, wanna, you know, like here you, you want go. a black or white music video. The ancient one, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so the ancient one is I'm Tiger Banks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the rest of the movie is fine. I mean, like the rest of the movie is kind of mid. So you know, yeah. like 
you could tighten things up, I guess, but I could if you it would take me uh, an hour to go into what I would change about Doctor Strange. So I, I'll relent from that. But uh, Pallavi, is there anything that you would do to to switch things up for this? Yeah, movie? I would cast Paula Viganalan as a lead. Mm. <laughs> nice. Nice. Any nice. Marvel movie. Here for it. No, uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of things that I think. We're kind of like I felt like there are moments that like built up and were like left hanging, like Pangborn, like telling him to go. Like I thought he would play more of a role or have something mm. out. Like and it all like yeah, I don't know. It just like Christine didn't play anything other than to be a no. sexual object or help him heal. Um, and so bad for Rachel McAdams. Such yeah. a <laughs> terrible use of her acting abilities. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, there's just like so many it felt like it focused so much on Tilda and Benedict. And then the, the climax of it was silly, which I kind of liked. I was like, this is so stupid that it's like, like just him, like annoying, like a devil into leaving. I'm like, that is a very like white man thing to do is just like annoy people at a party until they like leave and take all their friends with them. Like that was his version of pulling out an acoustic guitar, you know? And I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Like that was your culture. And I understand. Um, he, and was, he was the, uh, they don't know I'm Dr. Strange meme. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, but there was just, yeah, I feel like it could have like the training could have been more like a, a more significant. It was just very like formulaic, which I get that a mm. lot of those movies are, but like what you were, you know, your idea of like having them switch out, like would inherently make it more interesting, you know? And like, if they were walking through the city and like switch, and he was switching characters or whatever, the ancient one was switching characters yeah. and that would be, you know, more exciting and more interesting. And even like Tilda's character did not seem consistent. Like, did you, did you remember the part where they were like, should we, uh, was it wrong for me to throw him out? And he's like, he's been out there for five whole hours. I'm like, sometimes I wait at the bus stop for five. You know what I mean? Like, how is that a testament to your strength of mind? Like, it just, and, the, and then she like, like the way he was chosen, it just didn't feel, it, it felt like the stakes were both high and low at the same time. And it was just like mm -hmm. in, in there and her character and his character were like, especially her character were like too inconsistent for my liking. So I feel like, the, yeah. like, yeah, there's there, it just needs to be cleaned up a bit in that way. You know, Cam, mm. what about you? This is Michelle Yeoh erasure y'all like that's true. Yeah, she's she's a legend. She's right there in front of your face. She's been doing it right alongside Jackie Chan. Honestly, like you could have her doing the stunts. That's what I'm saying. Like mm -hmm. you have the opportunity, you know what yeah. you're doing. In this case, especially, like, you're going to go to Kathmandu, you're going to, like, go through all the work to, like, actually shoot at temples and things like that, or build sets that are re uh, resembling Asian temples like that. Yeah. Don't, don't pull the punch, you know? You, you yeah. could literally do the thing, and you could be lauded, for, I mean, because in America, you'll definitely be lauded for saying, like, oh, you actually cast an Asian person, and you respected right. their culture, like, bare minimum respecting their culture would get you an Oscar, an honorary Oscar just for doing that, right? So just, yeah. just do it, just do it. Like, what's the problem yeah. with actually just abiding by the the world that you created they needed yeah. asian an asian director they needed asian representation behind the scenes they needed to do uh more of what black panther did even though at the top it's still white execs they needed to like yeah. Yeah. put people in power who would not have made these decisions and they're not willing to do that 
here's my number one thing, right? Because this isn't the first time this has happened. If you remember Iron Man 3, the Mandarin oh, was yeah. actually double double miscast because it was Ben Kingsley and then it was, uh, uh, what, what's Pierce. my man's name? Scott Pierce. Yeah. And so it's like exactly what you were saying, Pallavi. My number one thing when I think about what Scott Derrickson was saying was like, oh, man, like I couldn't think of any way that this person could be an Asian woman, but not a dragon lady. And it's like, then you shouldn't be writing this movie. Right. You should. Yeah, 100%. Like, if you, if the only way you can assume an Asian mystic character is as a dragon it's, lady. It's your, stereotypes. Your, your vision is severely limited. And as a creator, fam, for like literally the biggest movie studio that exists right yeah. now, you're punching under your weight. Hand off the reins. Like there are Let me so do many it. Asian people. <laughs> so many Asian people who would love to have an opportunity to write yes. a Marvel movie, to have credits on Marvel movies. And you see, like even with the whole Mandarin thing, like they had to bite that because everybody was like that fucking sucks so they're like actually the mandarin's real and he's gonna be in shang chi and like are you happy now like here's we're gonna take all that back and it's like well but you could have just done that to begin with you know what i mean and so like all these instances where i hear people saying oh you know like i couldn't think of a way to like cast this character accurately or you like cast this character diversely without playing into stereotypes it's like Maybe you're not the one to be realizing this project yeah. then. Like it, maybe you should hand it off to somebody who can look at, you know, this character, which yes, were there a lot of weird racist Asian stereotypes in comics? Literally there was a was a character called Egg Fu who was a oh, egg yeah. with a <laughs> Fu Manchu uh mustache. Like hella racist out here. Like it's not even there's no trying to get around it, but it's like if you can't think of ways to include these characters that don't include all the stereotypes like that's your problem not the problem of you know the people who should be cast in these roles it's it's this is 2016 so this is before i this is strangely before marvel got into the business of being like oh it's black panther we should have a black creative team or it's shang chi we should have an asian director It, it just boggles my mind that like Black Panther was the movie that made them make the turn, make the change. Yeah. Or and like, thank God they at least did and, it for that. Jesus Christ, can you imagine right. Right, ruin that? Dear God, <laughs> dear God, if you had like, I don't even know, fucking, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who did the new Ghostbusters, uh, John Landis, oh, son, yeah. son, Max yeah. Landis making Black Panther, like, my God, yeah, no thanks. But that's the thinking in Hollywood, right? It's like, they've made a movie before. Can they do it again? Can they bring it in on Mm -hmm. a budget? That's literally the the check marks. And there are so many people of Asian descent, of Black descent, of uh, POC descent all over the world who have proven themselves time and time again as filmmakers. And maybe because of politics or maybe because they see through you, (laughs) you know? That yeah. they don't want to get involved. Uh, I read recently in the trades that um, the Daniels, who are making the everywhere, everything everywhere all at once, mm-hmm. passed up the Thor TV show to make that movie, which is yeah. incredibly smart. You're, you were literally given the keys to the kingdom and a, probably a billion dollars on top of that to make a TV show. And they were like, no, we have a stronger vision and a more respectful vision 
to like to people and we would actually like to show off people who are being who are not being shown off yeah for sure and let's take that opportunity to do that and i feel like i feel like that's going to be the next phase of hollywood honestly this is like a larger conversation fingers crossed that yeah like fingers crossed that this is the that's going to be like the next phase because honestly we're kind of hitting a nadir of like Mm, rehashing ideas rebooting ideas uh ip you know blah 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 this already existed let me make it again and bigger better blah 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 and we're already starting to get signed like what 2016 for this movie so black panther comes out in 2017 2018 and marvel decides to entrust a black person with uh you know black work so hopefully that's what we got the next phase of like hollywood entrusts people who have already been capable to tell their own stories because like, good God. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Well, yeah, basically just, just cast Cameron Mason, cast, Please. uh, Please. <laughs> yeah. And that, that'll solve all your problems. We, we, could, uh, do, well, we could do a duo buddy comedy. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just us bitching about Dr. Strange for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> just a road trip, road trip movie of us bitching about Dr. Strange. Uh, well, Palava, we're going to get you out of here on our capacity ranking system. Oh, yeah. Uh, so everybody can can get your take on this. There's three levels of caucasity. Uh We'll go through them quickly for you. So the first level is shorts in the winter, right? Which oh, is basically shit. like... I grew, I, you don't understand. Choice. I grew up in Utah, okay? Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, so perpetual winter almost in some state. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, it's just like, wow, interesting choice you know like not not hurting me not a violence towards me but i am concerned as to why you're making this choice it is like i think my weather app is correct in telling me that it is 20 below cold with a feels like of of 10 and yet you insist on wearing shorts um so that's that's the first level it's like this isn't hurting me but i'm curious as to why you're making this decision and the second level is um this movie is touching my hair oh Okay. So got it. at this point, this movie hasn't asked you about touching your hair. It probably just already got you know knuckle deep in your hair, mm-hmm. just trying to get the texture, you know, get a feel for the mm-hmm. texture, and that in itself is an act of violence. And that's where we're like, okay, now you've entered my space. Yeah. Now you you you've entered my space, and you decided to do whatever you wanted with it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's so that's that's the mid level. Okay. Yeah, mid mid level's also been described as a so, but where are you really from? Yeah. Got it. Uh, You know, that that question. Uh, The third level of caucasity, I don't know, Plavi, if you have gotten the chance to see the Plano, Texas city council meeting where. um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that that's the third level of caucasity. Now, apparently that was a comedian. Yep. Apparently that was comedy. Apparently apparently that was a joke. (laughs) But still, that's some bold. That's a level of just like you know what's up right like i i'm doing this intentionally there's nothing that you can do about it you really and i don't really care how you feel about it you know what i mean because whether it's my art that is at this at stake here or whether it's just a a general just steamrolling of anybody in your way like (laughs) you can call that comedy but also like if if a person of color got five seconds into that that's Next person, we're shutting it down. Get this person out of here. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to go. We have yielded uh, your time. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 getting wrapped up real quick. Right. So that's the third level called Cassidy. It's just like, okay, that's wow. It's just violence 
that's total violence. Careless violence. <laughs> um, where do you think Doctor Strange ranks on that? I think this is a touch my hair moment. I feel like mm-hmm. because you described it as like mm-hmm. being in your space, and it's like if Tilda wasn't in our space, I don't know who is. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I feel like yeah, you're in the culture without uh, paying proper homage to it and are just utilizing whatever you want at your own discretion without like without uh, you know it's a it's appropriation basically mm-hmm. so i would say that's level two you know yeah cam what do you think yeah i think i'm gonna have to go level two on this i mean they didn't have to cast any asians <laughs> and uh they at least did that um <laughs> at, at least the the cast does look like you know, a little brown. And for that, you know, thanks, I guess. But also, yeah. um, you didn't do your due diligence. So no. it kind of is an act of violence. It's that it's that passive violence that uh, creates, you know, that world of uh, white privilege that we live in, you know? Mm-hmm. So we just, we just, Dr. Strange is living really, is really living in that world. For sure. Yeah, I agree. This is, this is touching my hair. I feel like so many things that they could have done that they just chose not to. Yep. They just either either claiming ignorance when, like you said, Scott Derrickson clearly knew enough about Asian representation film that like he could have made a different choice, but made this choice as well. And like, it. yeah, it seems like there's a lot of like, well, we could have, but we just didn't. So <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> and that's mm, not not my favorite. So I would say that this is this is definitely living on that second level. Yeah. Um, Plava, we know you got to run, but before you run, first of all, thank you so much for coming. Thanks on. for thank having me. It's just super it. fun. Yeah. Um, but before you run, let everybody know where they can find you, what you have going on, um, where they can check you out on the internet. I'm at Paula Viganalan. That's P-A-L-L-A-V-I-G-U-N-A-L-A-N on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and Clubhouse and all of those things. Um, you can, yeah, Clubhouse is still a thing, apparently. Uh, you can find out me. Out here, out here. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, at producing shows in LA and New York. Um, the show, the, I have two monthly shows, Funnelingus and Facial Recognition Comedy. Um, the next Funnelingus is April 10th uh, at Hotel Cafe at 8 p.m. The next facial recognition comedy is April 14th at Westside at 8 p.m. Um, and then we might be back in New York. Facial recognition might be back in New York. Uh, we'll see how that goes. We usually perform at New York Comedy Club over there. So East Coasters, Ooh. look out. Um, but mm. yeah, I'm performing everywhere. And you can find all my stuff at my website, paulaviganallen.com. So thank you. Awesome. And if you want to sign up for that tutoring thing, hit me up in the DMs and only do it if you're serious. I don't want any creeps in mm. there <laughs> trying to yeah. tutor immediate blockage yeah. from me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Cameron, tell everybody where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and IG at the blipster 1138. Think about uh, doing some some social media com comedy so uh, yeah you might see a tiktok out of the old boys or something coming up so yeah what the kids are doing man yeah and uh finishing a project right now that i'm very excited about hopefully some things happen with that um so yeah a lot of uh in the cookers I mm, got some mm. good news the other day that I'll be able to talk mm. about, you know, very soon in the future. So we'll talk about that too. Um, but yeah, for now, keep an eye out for the Blipster 1138 on your social meds. 
dope. Uh, and I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JRSosa18, JRSOSA18. I can talk about all this stuff. Yeah. Now. It's all out in the world. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am uh, very honored and lucky to be a part of the DC Milestone Initiative, which is a fellowship woo, woo, program woo. for writers and artists of color uh, breaking into comics and, you know, just making their way in the industry. Um, very, very, very dope and very happy to be a part of it and to represent Milestone in DC. Also, recently just announced, I am writing a five-part Red Sonja miniseries for Dynamite Comics. Yeah, that just sounds um, dope. Gonna, that sounds yeah. really dope. <laughs> it's called Samurai Sonja. If you're familiar with Red Sonja, just imagine Red Sonja, but in like a Kurosawa film. And that's basically what we're going for. Um, so that's going to be coming out in June. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us on the show, you can reach out to us on Twitter at white underscore pod. Uh, hit us up, send us your movie recommendations, send us your caucasity if you're seeing it. Um, <laughs> just, you know, just chat us up. We're around. We're around. Uh, feel free to, to hit us up. If you want to get in touch with us, if you have, again, movie recommendations or like to be a guest on the show, uh, you'd like to, um, again, just send us any drops or caucasity or anything like that. You can get in touch with us at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. But that's going to do it for us this week. We'll see you all next week with more Caucasity. Peace. Peace. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.